Blog Talk Radio. More than that. <laughs> More than that. From head to toe, sheer beauty at its finest. But more than that, woman, female, black, nappy and happy, curly and girly, kinky, tinky, straight, wait, but more than that, mm, but more than that, shades and strength like that of a tree, cedar, birch, walnut, pecan, mahogany, she's sassy, spunky, sexy, spicy, Ginger, pepper, cinnamon, and honey. These rich hues. But more than that. Ah, but more than that. She's distinctive, elegant, quiet, meek, boisterous, demanding, definitely not weak, headstrong, and spiritually connected. All negative nonsense. All right, how's everyone doing out there? This is Amir Brown, host of the Great Liberators Radio Show. The call-in number is 646-564-9858. Once again, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Kenya White. Kenya, are you there? Hello. Hey. How you doing? How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, you know, it's, it's Super Bowl Sunday, so... The Eagles and the Patriots play tonight. Um, we'll, see, we'll see how that how that plays out. Um, but the topic for the day is um, white nat the white nationalist agenda and white privilege. And um, you know it's 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 something that's that's relevant right now. That's really relevant because actually it is the white nationalist agenda and white nationalist sentiment that has um, propelled the Trump presidency as big as a debacle as it is it, it that just goes to show you how um powerful that sentiment is to where it could um influence an entire election cycle and it could also influence um the american political um apparatus and political discourse and that's something that is um ingrained within within American society. You know, you have movements like the Alt-Right Movement, the National Policy Institute, all these different think tanks that um, that operate in ambiguity, but in all actuality, they're nothing more than, um, than white supremacist organizations that are, that are attempting to push a white supremacist and white nationalist agenda. And what we have to understand is that, you know, the, 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 the Census Bureau and the CDC are projecting that by 2050, white people will no longer comprise a numerical majority in America. So the country is changing. There's a demographic shift coming, and that's something that I've, you know, that I've, that I've mentioned, um, mentioned before. And with this, and not only not only is this something that's confined to America either, because it's the same thing going on in 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 Great Britain and in the UK, and that that is what was behind the um, that Brexit movement they were having over there, where they were looking to to um, displace and remove a lot of the um, the immigrants that 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 tend to migrate there from the Caribbean and from from Africa, and so we know that 
genetically speaking, that the 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 entire um, purpose of that uh, of that whole thought process is to ensure the survival of of white genetics, despite the fact that that whiteness is not is not really rooted in any genetic reality. It's it's really a psychological um, con job that was created by the plantation bourgeoisie to influence and control the white masses who they have historically mistreated. Even when we go back to Europe and the, and the several European revolutions that, that, uh, that took place, like the, the main one, the one that's the most notable is, is the French revolution. That's when they, you know, they created the, the guillotine and were, and, and were killing people. That was the French revolution. So that's something that's ingrained within, within um, the white psychology. And, and for us as black people, here in America and abroad, it, it it's it's um it's an existential threat. I was reading an article the other the other day, and the title of the article I can't remember the name of the publication, but the title of the article was um, the military has it has a severe white nationalist problem. It has a severe mm-hmm. white nationalist problem, and 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 you have what you essentially what you have is you have these white men joining the military for the express purpose of gaining ex- of gaining military experience experience in military tactics um experience with 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 weapons with explosives just so that they can go back and bring that information back to their their hive of like-minded um white white nationalists so it's a major problem and that's something also that that um has been you know has been written about by several publications as well is is how that since Barack Obama became president of the United States, you have, you have had an explosion of white nationalism and white nationalist organizations. And the message that, that, that we need to send as black people, as African uh, people or melanated people to these types of individuals is that this country does not belong to you. Because you'll hear, you'll hear them say things like, well, we want our country back. We want, that, let's get one thing straight. This isn't your country. This is in your country. You have the, the the first person who gave their who shed their blood for this for this uh, for this country in the in the Revolutionary War was a black man named Crispus Attucks. So not only did you not did you not spill first blood for this country, you have not spilled the most blood for this country because black people have fought in every major military conflict conflict that America has has been engaged in. Every one. So this is this is not your country any more than it than it is ours. And and, and they and they have this um dariistic way of looking at things where they think that they're entitled to something. That sense of entitlement. That's when we go back to go back to, to white privilege. And 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 a lot of times I hear them say things like, you know, and, and these are self proclaimed white nationalists who will say who will say that they are that they want to ensure um a place for, for for the the dominant position of white people, but then we'll turn around and and categorically dismiss white privilege out of hand. Well, wait a minute, because now you're you're, you're contradicting yourself. If there is no inherent benefit to whiteness, if there is no inherent structural benefit to whiteness with, within the American social, economic, and political order, then why defend something that doesn't that doesn't benefit you? Why be a white yeah. nationalist? If there if there is no inherent unjust undue benefit to your to to 
for your dominant position of, of being white, why defend it? If white privilege isn't a thing, then why defend it? So, so and these are the types of, uh, types of games that they play because they understand full well that, that, that um, they enjoy benefits from the, uh, from the system uh, at the expense of black people. They understand that. And, 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 and they know that if they were to acknowledge that, acknowledge that reality publicly, in a public way, then it would, it would shine a new light on America within the 21st century. Because, you know, after the election of, of Barack Obama, something that they pushed heavily was this idea of a post-racial America. And one thing that we have to be honest about is that in order for there to be a, post, a post-racial America, there must be a, 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 a post, um, a, po- a world that, is, that, that America no longer exists, a post-world America where America has ceased to exist because race and racism is ingrained and interwoven into, into the very existence of America. This is what America was built and predicated upon and helped America to achieve its, its greatness. Um, uh, I, was re- I was listening to, um, I can't think of his name, um, he's, but he's a commentator on, on CNN, and um, he, has a, he has a book, and I was listening to some of his, some of his book on the audio book, and I think by, by, the, by the turn of the 19th century, America had more wealth than any other nation on the planet. How do we think they accumulated that wealth? How? Mm-hmm. How, 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 how did they go from 13 colonies to this massive um, conglomeration of, of different states and, and territories known as the United States that had more wealth than any other country on the planet? We we know how it was through the free African um, African labor that built the wealth of this country. Before you had the the, the Irish coming, before you had the Italians coming, before you had um, Asians coming coming over here, we were here, and, and, and our ancestors built the wealth of this country. And it, and that again goes back to to this idea that they have of this being their country. Um, what what's some of the things you've noticed about about this trend? Because it's it's it, it's um it's something that's 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 prevalent, and it's it's like the the thousand pound gorilla in the room that nobody really wants to acknowledge. Well, well, I think they really don't want to acknowledge it because once you acknowledge it, then you have to do something mm-hmm. about it. As long as they can right. keep acting, it doesn't exist. They don't have to address it. But I think it's very funny that um, Europeans have historically just gone around the entire globe raping all the populations and creating these sub-creations, sub-categories of people. Mm. Um, And, you know, because of where they are geographically, they become different ethnicities and nationalities of people. And then the the descendants of the people who did that are here in America trying to keep mm. all of those descendants of those other people out, which, right. you know, you your ancestors made those people, you know, and in the case of Mexicans, right. a lot of them, you move the borders and tell them, well, this is ours now. If they're coming here, they're, right. a lot of them are coming back to where they originally were. But, you know, right. they have artificial borders now, and they feel entitled to this country, and 
feel entitled to say who should be here and who should not. And it's just because their bottom line is they just want to maintain the racial majority here. Right. Right. And it's it's something that's causing a lot of um, ambivalence from their, you know, from, from their standpoint, because they, they, they see um, with this demographic shift coming, they see a wane in power. And you have some high-profile um, individuals uh, who are white nationalists. And, and the thing about it is that they, they portray themselves to be, um, to be intelligent, to be educated, to be sophisticated. And it seems to me that there is this, this uh, need to try and normalize that ideology. And the thing about white nationalism that makes it particularly dangerous for for all non-whites on the planet, and therefore there is no um, other nation, nationalistic movement that we could we could uh, equate it to, is that the history of violence that has accompanied white nationalist ideologies and dogma, even if it even if it wasn't identified as white nationalism, because white nationalism is nothing more than imperialism and colonialism. And that's something that you just that you just mentioned with the way they've gone around and have displaced and misplaced um indigenous melanated populations all all over the globe. But one of the, the, the high profile um guys who uh, figures who've risen up uh, since the 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 rise of, of President Barack Obama, well, he's former president now, was is Richard Spencer, and he he's uh, someone who routinely um, quotes and spews these these white tropes about black inferiority, like you know when we talk about IQ tests, they'll say things like. Um, Sub-Saharan Afri- Africans were illiterate and they had no writing systems because what they do is they pretend as if the Sahara Desert serves as a land barrier between um, North Africans and, and, and Sub-Saharan Africans. That's, you know, because even when you look at the classification of races, they categorize and they classify North Africans as, as Caucasians. And they and and they they classify them they classify them as white. Even Arabs are classified as white. So this is the type of uh, types of of games that they'll play, and they'll even make outlandish claims like the Egyptians were were white, or they were or they were proto Caucasian, or they were they were uh, what we what we would call proto white. Which nothing could be further from the truth. We know that the that Egyptians were were Nubians. Akin to the Sudanese people that live in the Sudan, uh, the Sudan today. Um, I have a book that I was reading. It's called The Indigenous Races of the Earth. It's a very old book. It was written like in the 18. It was written in 1859. Matter of fact, I can't think of the author's name. But even in that book, he goes into how the Egyptians are the eldest of the of the Hermetic families, and we know that through their Christian dogma, they have always taught that black people were the sons of Ham and, and, and our and our position on um in the global stratification is a result of Ham's curse, quote unquote. So so even in that book it shows that what they spew as 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 fact, which is nothing but but uh white supremacist propaganda, is is garbage. 
It's bullshit. It, it's it's total bullshit. And and that is what they do and they have historically done is to to dehumanize um African descendant people and and to and to uh view them as less than human so that they can justify their inhumane treatment of um of African descended peoples. We actually have a have a clip of, of Richard Spencer, correct? Yep. We surely do. Yeah, let's play that clip and see and see what this clown is talking about. Okay. Okay. I actually have a, a couple clips of Richard Spencer, so okay. I'll start it off. Okay. Here we go. Okay. This meeting was energized on the election of Donald Trump. Here is some of what took place at the conference this weekend. Hail Trump! Hail our people! Hail victory! against us. For us, it is conquer or die. To be white is to be a striver, a crusader, an explorer, and a conqueror. (laughs) We build, we produce, we go upward. And we recognize the central lie of American race relations. We don't exploit other groups. We, We don't gain anything from their presence. They need us and not the other way around. We are not meant to live in shame and weakness and disgrace. We were not meant to beg for moral validation from some of the most despicable creatures to ever populate the planet. We were meant to overcome, overcome all of it, because that is natural and normal for us. America was, until this past generation, a white country designed for ourselves and our posterity. It is our creation. It is our inheritance. And it belongs to us. Okay. Yeah, Um, wow. Um, (laughs) He said, he said, he said a mouthful in those, in those clips. And yeah, I mean it. It it's it's ridiculous. One thing he he said that is that is true. That is, um, well, I guess it, you could say it's true was when he said that America is a white country, um, and it was designed for you know for white people. That's true. That's true to an extent. But what a lot of people don't actually know is that even when you go back to um, the antebellum slave period. You had like you know we tend to think that there were only two classes of of, of people in, in in the country. We think that there were slaves and you know and and uh, and slave masters. No, that's not how it was. You actually had four classes of people. You had you had slaves, you had slave masters, 
you had poor whites and then you had free blacks. And at the in the the group that was situated at the bottom of that of that stratum were the poor whites. The poor whites were at the bottom because the slaves lived lived actually lived lived uh better than them and enjoyed certain you know, certain protections because they were seen as property. And those slave those slave slavers weren't going to let you do certain things to their property. That's number one. Um and then uh then you had the free blacks and a lot of the free blacks they actually thrived and and were able to you know to 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 enjoy the wealth of uh of of the country and 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 again like i said at, at the bottom were situated the 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 poor whites and so the whole and this is how you got um when when they started to to give them jobs on the plantations as as overseers that was to control them that's something i've always said that that whiteness as an as an identity is a control mechanism for poor whites donald trump does not care about you donald trump is only using you and that's something that the republican party has 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 done and has done very well especially within the last 50 years when we talk about the southern strategy that's something that they that they've always done you know because i was having a conversation last night on our Facebook page, the Great Liberators, with a with a gentleman, and I mean, he seemed level headed and, and well intentioned, uh, and well intentioned. But he took exception with with when I the post I made when I was talking about how that white people voted for Trump, knowing good and well he's a bad look for the country, just because they understand that whatever adverse action Trump does that adversely adversely affects America will disproportionate will disproportionately affect black people. This is the reality of the social inertia we live in, and that is at the crux of the Negro problem. No matter what they do within society that is adverse, it will always disproportionately affect us because we are situated at the bottom of the social stratum. And so they, yeah. under, and so they understand that. And so he took exception, and he said, well, you're blaming these people. And he even, he even mentioned Lee Atwater and provided the quote and everything. And I said, yes, sir, I'm, I'm well aware of the quote. And that quote is proving my point. And he said, well, well, how is it proving, proving your point? That's my argument, not yours. I said, no. I said, I said it's, it's proving my point because these, these uh, people are so, so, because of their racism, they are so big set on, on, on harming black people that the white elites harm, harm them. They become victims of, of, of the white elites. That's something that happened with the, you know, the, um, the financial crisis in 2008-2009 when when all these these lending institutions and this, and, and and these Wall Street bankers took all this money from 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 these were from middle class working Americans 401k's and pensions plan pension plans that had nothing to do with us as black people we didn't have anything to do with that we don't manage hedge funds and stuff like that you see so this is it, 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 it's a game but here's the question and I told him I said I said, yes, I am blaming them. I should blame them because because of their racism, they 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 go along with with this charade because of their racism. They're more wholly bent on the idea of whiteness than the than the idea of of justice, equality, equality and fairness. Just because they they know that if they do that, that would help us. That is that is, that is part of the reality of America. Like even when we talk, even when we get into Things when we start talking about social programs and um, entitlement programs, like you know, ideas like national health care, single payer health care system, 
um, Medicare, Medicaid, welfare. The reason why America, the reason why America has tends to be center right when it comes to those issues is because of race. Because America is a heterogeneous um, country when we talk about the population. But when you go to when you go to places like Canada, where there's, there's race race is a component of life there, but it is not the the focal point in the in in the the um the emphasis point of the white population there. So they so so they can have a, a system like single payer health care. Everything that is capitalism itself is predicated on the idea of racism, because they 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 concocted racism for the purpose of exploiting capital, and and and, and exploiting. Um, the production of that capital through slave labor and, and ill-gotten means. So those things always are in tandem with in tandem with each other. And the problem that many white nationalists have with America is not that it's a racist country. Their problem is that it's not racist enough. See, because they don't they don't want to have to live within this civil rights climate. Where you know where where we we just we go along with the niceties of of everyday life. So I won't call you a nigger to your face, but in my when I'm amongst my 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 white friends at home, it's nigger 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 nigger. It's nigger fest. You see what I'm saying? Um, and, and so mm-hmm. they just want to be out front with it. That's that's their whole argument is that we're white, we're in the dominant position. Let's treat these people any way we want, and damn and damn the moral implications and how it looks. See, because America is constrained by its um its global presence. So you, you know the same thing that make you laugh make you cry because you can't go to a country like North Korea and tell them about their their human rights violations if you if you're over here out in the open um uh running roughshod over over melanated people and and over black people. So you so so you have to posture as a Fair and post-racial country. That's that's the the biggest PR for America was the election of Barack Obama. Despite the fact that President Barack Obama did not add one iota of value to the black experience within America, he just he he just didn't. There was no stimulus package that was designed specifically for black people that would help black people through his presidency. It was it was it was viewed as something that was merely symbolic because. As I remember, at the, you know, at the time, as they put it, now black children can be anything they want to be. When the fact of the matter is, that is not the reality. That is not that is not the reality. So, and and that is the problem that people like Richard Spencer have with um with with America. It's not racist enough. Not that it's not a racist country. It's just that it's not racist enough. It's it's it's, it's not racist enough for their taste. And you know, and and that's um. The reality of where we are. What were you about to say? I was just going to say that the next two clips of uh, Richard Spencer really speak to a lot of what you said. He is uh, he is um, he is more transparent than I think Jared mm. Taylor is because he right. he because definitely. Jared Taylor. Mm-hmm. Go yeah, ahead. Uh, Jared, Jared Taylor. He he he's the the intellectual. You know, he talks. Uh, he talks about the uh, the idea of black people being illiterate, not having built anything. I mean, hold on. Let's, let's even get into what this guy Richard Spencer just said on that last clip when he talked about who built, you know, uh, uh, America, and you know, talking about uh, well, we they act like we need them, no, they need us. Let's get one thing straight. Most of the inventions 
that America joys and that helped to propel America within the within the industrial age to superpower status were inventions that were created by black people and that were stolen by white people like Thomas Edison. Let's get that. Let's let's make that perfectly clear. That's something that they have that they have always done. They have always co-opted black ingenuity and black in, in, intelligence and made it their own and used it to enrich themselves. So that. Uh, uh, that 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 comment that he made is uh, not only farcical in nature; it's it, it it's hilarious in nature because it's because it's categorically historically untrue, and this and and that goes back again to them trying to claim the ingenuity of the Egyptians for themselves because the the idea is is that intelligence um, is somehow endemic to whiteness as if you don't have dumbass white people running around here who who have the <laughs> intelligence and the IQ of a rock. You see what I'm saying? So yeah, uh, 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 let's play that next clip. These 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 guys I really wish I could get him get him or Jared or Jared uh Taylor on the show so we could give him that work. But yeah, you can go ahead and play that next cl- next clip. All right. Oh crap. We're not going anywhere. And see, Richard, it's, going to be, it's about to be a little tough for you. But a little, a little tough for you, Richard, because, see, you and your people have had a great head start, tremendous head start. 20-odd Africans arriving in 1619. and one, 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 one second. Yeah, but see, that's what I'm saying. When you have a head start, it means you're scared to compete. See, I know some other whites out there who are not white nationalists not afraid of competition, who are not afraid of this. But here's the reality. We're not going anywhere. Right. And you might want to suck that up. And I know it's rough. I know it's rough. But I suggest what you should be doing, Richard, is preparing your generation for a world of competition where you have to actually, where you don't get the head start your mom and daddy gave you, uh-huh. that you're going to start uh, maybe not 80 yards ahead, but 30. But you know what? You may <laughs> want to train harder because we're training harder and we're going to catch up. We're going to win. And also, you're not gonna win, Mr. Richard. Martin, I want to tell you, you've got to prepare yourself. You've dealt with a bunch of guilt-ridden, silly whites no. all your life, and no. we are waking up. We are recognizing who we are, and we see an amazing future. Richard, so you better get Richard, ready. I'm telling you right now, Rich. That was a thinly veiled threat at the end, and that speaks to when you said they were becoming armed and getting ready. Right. That's something, you know, that's because uh, white militiaism is something that is, that is, uh, uh, joined with white nationalism, and 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 they're they're you know they're essentially tied in the hip because one facilitates the other, and that goes back to that caller we had a few weeks ago when I talked about how that America has more guns floating around in it than any other industrialized nation on the planet, and 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 his response was that white caller's response was, um, we need all these guns to protect us from the blacks, you see, so when you have this fear complex, not only due to your recessive genetics, but due to the fact that you understand karma and you you understand what you've done to get to your position, then you can never really you can never really rest easy because the way you went about in gaining what you have, and so because of that, it facilitates the need for you to want to have all these different militia groups. And and a lot, and to be honest with you, to be quite honest, a lot of the mass shoot, shootings and shooters 
that take place in America, a lot of them are white white nationalists and, and, and white um and white supremacists and white extremists. Like all these things are connected because of uh, because a lot of those white nationalists, and that's why I said Richard Spencer is, is different. A lot of those white nationalists, they are socially awkward and they have a hard time socializing within a multicultural, multi ethnic um society and in cultural uh context. And so a lot of times they'll la- they'll lash out. That's that lone wolf uh uh gunman thing where and you know it's in and it, like if you look if you go back and you just did the, the history on it, you'll see that that the majority of of the time that these are, are, are white men that, that range from the ages from you know from the early twenties to the to the uh early fifties and those are that is the archetype of the mass shooter in 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 America, and that and that has a lot to do with it, and and a lot of them also because that's something that Dr. Francis Cross Wilson mentions too. A lot of them filter their their identity and their manhood through that gun. That gun means that the gun means everything to them because it serves as an equalizer. In their mind, it serves as a, as um, a, a, a equalizer, you know, and 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 that's that whole you know evolutionary evolutionary thought thing with um, you know natural selection and stuff like that, and and, and because they even have a book called um, the Turner Diaries. Because I don't know if you remember back a few years ago, they had um, you know the Clive and Bundy gang. Do you, had, yeah. do, do you remember? Do you remember them? They were in the media, and they they even they even took over a federal um a federal park and a federal building, yeah. and um they they got into yeah they got into a standoff with the you know with the with the feds and with the police and 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 that's something that we have to be honest about too because what's really holding those types of individuals and militias at bay is the federal government. The federal government mm-hmm. is holding them at bay. And stopping them from doing what they what what they really want to do, which is which is just outright dominate and mistreat black people, and that's that's something that was happening in in New Orleans with Hurricane Katrina, when you had you had those different militia groups down there and, and, and white people down there that were that were shooting and sniping black people, and and what mm. they would do, they would they would they would shoot them and then claim that they were looting. You see what I'm saying? All because. Uh, all these things are connected within their white psychology. And, and Roland Martin actually brought up a very valid point because if you believe that your dominant position is due to the dominance of your, of, of your racial identity, which is whiteness, why do, you need to, why do you need to make it systemic? Why does it have to be systematic or predicated, right. or predicated upon systematic advantages and disadvantages of the other groups? You should you shouldn't be afraid to compete against black people, or Mexican people, or um or or Asians for that matter. You shouldn't you shouldn't be afraid of that. If what you assert about white intelligence and white dominance is true, you see, because that's something that 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 they did, um you know, early, early on, like in the early um 1800s, they they codified their racism. And they helped to establish these ideas about white identity and, and, and black identity and what each meant in relation in relation to each other. And, and they even, you know, like even in, in their uh, science, uh, science manuals from, from that time, they would say things like 
the, the black woman is a wanton sexual Jezebel, and that is how come she she has the 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 the, the large childbearing hips and the in the big derriere. That's something that they actually wrote in in their science and medical um, manuals, and 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 their obsession with with melanin and with and with black people borders on um, the sadistic. And there is um, a sense of, of, of envy there. I mean, you can, you can just sense it when you read a lot of that, um, a lot of that propaganda. And, and that's why I said what Richard Spencer presents um, an existential threat, because he is someone who is able to operate in the mainstream and is not, and is not as socially awkward as other white nationalists like Steve Bannon, for example. You see what I'm yeah. saying, and and that's what makes mm-hmm. him so dangerous because this guy even does does uh, lectures all over the country at universities, at at, at colleges, mm-hmm. and everything like that. And then he's gonna talk about white guilt. What white guilt? I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know what white guilt you're talking about. If you're talking about the idea of well, I'm white, and so I don't want to say nigga around around my black coworker here, so I'm not gonna say it. I'm gonna wait till I get home. That you could keep that. Like that hasn't benefited black people one way or the other. Where, where where are the resources? That's what I'm concerned with. Where are the resources being distributed and redistributed? I, since when have white people felt guilt about anything? You proudly fly the flags of of um, fly the flag of this country as if we as as if black people should have any 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 pride within it. When the fact of the matter is, to me, there's no difference between the Confederate flag or the American flag. They both represent the same thing. So it, mm-hmm. neither one makes a difference to me. And then you sit here and you and you and you um, build the, the the monuments to 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 men who who um, who oppressed our people. So what white what white guilt? I don't know what you're talking about. This white guilt. What the hell? You know, like I don't know what what world he's living in. And see, that goes back to the idea of them feeling like that America isn't racist enough. They just want to be out, you know, out in the open with it. And 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 the, and the truth of the matter is, is that they need us more than more than we ever needed them. You don't you you don't you don't make several trips to Africa, stealing hundreds of millions of 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 uh, of Africans because you don't need them. You know what I'm saying? If 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 they could have did it on their own, they would have did it on their own, but they didn't. Right. You know, and so and 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 that's just you know the reality of it. Um. Again, the, the call-in number is six four six five six four nine eight five eight. If anybody want to call up and, and have a comment, just press one, and that'll bring you in my queue. Um, you said we have one more clip of Richard Spencer, right? Yes, we do. This is him and Charles Barkley. Okay. my culture. I want you to maintain yours. African Americans have been here since the 1600s. We dominated. We, yes, you enslaved. Okay. All people enslaved <laughs> and murdered other peoples, but white people were just really good at it. White people were just really good at it. Do you believe in white privilege? <laughs> yeah, white people are just wonderful. Yeah, I yeah he's telling no lies there. <laughs> 
consider yourself a racist. I would never say something like, I don't like black people. Uh-huh. I mean, that, that's not what I'm about. But you, you don't want me in your neighborhood. Right. I mean, I, I think the country is fragmenting because at the end of the day, racial differences cannot fundamentally be breached ever. What? Lots of people will come up here and talk about equality or opportunity or whatever. That's bullshit. Well, there you go. Right, and uh, now he he actually that, that was the most honest I've ever heard him be on the clip because he, he I mean he's telling he's telling the truth when he says that you know um, killing and enslaving of other of other human beings is is something that you know that is that is not new and that white people are just extremely good at that's they are extremely good at at doing those things you know un, un unfortunately. But here's the thing, like he, like, and and that comment that he made at the end is actually profound, and that is that the racial differences that exist can never can can fundamentally never be breached, and that is true. But here's the thing: the government of the United States. Th- this is the question: Does the government of the United States serve to um, exist to serve the the sensibilities of one race over another? And the and the answer for that is is absolutely not because it goes back to 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 what I what I mentioned earlier and that and that is is that America was not was not um, built by solely by white people. You have the contributions of, of black people have done more to to help um, establish America than than any other group. So you can and, and you know you can feel however you feel about. Black people. The problem is 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 when you can you can um, make those those ideas and those concepts systematic and and, and use those ideas and, and and concepts to harm to harm black people systematically. So with and, and so within that context, equality, equity are, are are fair and should be the goal of 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 the government because we we pay taxes like they pay taxes we pay state tax we pay federal tax we pay income tax we pay payroll tax we pay estate tax we pay debt tax so that that's something that they that that can exist on it on its on its own i don't give a damn how you feel about me as a person that that's your problem but when you have the ability to um Influence and govern my and govern my life from a from a systematic standpoint, then it becomes it becomes my problem, and that's even like I was talking about earlier with the the conversation I had with the guy when he when he was talking about um why am I blaming white people for being fooled by by Trump and the elite, and that's and that's um you know I made that post and I said that is the fundamental question is it is it within the purview of the of the oppressed to to help the oppressor see the error of his ways and the and the and the answer to that in my view is 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 absolutely not you can be you can be racist all you want but as black people we're not going to tolerate it and that should be our you know that should be our standpoint and our disposition when it comes to when it comes to these topics because just like he feel he doesn't owe anyone um white people don't owe owe any explanations neither do we we've we've given a hell of a lot to this to this country just to be relegated to perpetual servitude in being second class citizens. Now what's some of what's um 
because we actually have a couple of other clips. We'll 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 get to those in a, in a moment. But I just want to get some more some more of your uh, thoughts on the topic. What's some of the other things you've noticed um, when it comes to this white nationalist um, agenda and propaganda machine that's that's been pumping propaganda twenty four seven. I think that they do have guilt and shame, but rather mm. than do what is the right thing, you know, they would rather, mm. these white nationalists would rather have them, you know, dehumanizing all the other people and having them feel mm. like, you know, well, you won, you conquered, this is yours, you know, right. and so they don't care about if it's equitable. They don't care about how other people feel. It's about them. Right. They knew, just like we knew when we learned you know, that this was supposed to be the land of the free and the home of the brave. They knew, just like we knew, that it, they weren't talking about us. You know, so that's, that's where mm-hmm. that sense of entitlement comes. They knew how this right. place started, and they want to maintain that. They want to maintain that for themselves, but then also for their children. It's not enough that they've had, you know, a 400-year head start. They want it to be that way from here on out. And they are fine with black people being per- perpetual second-class citizens, you know. Right. They, they, a lot of people say go back to Africa, but, you know, they stole our identity from us. Even if we go to Africa, we'll just be mm-hmm. on the continent. That doesn't mean we're home. Right. Go, right. go, go back to Africa. Where right. exactly? They are right. the and ones not who only tell that. us you go back. That's where we're supposed to be from. Right, but not only that. How about they go back to where they came from? <laughs> you know, you go back to where you came from. You go back to go back to the to the to the Caucasus mountains, mountains or the or the caves of of Europe. That's what I'm saying. Who the hell are you to tell somebody where to go back to? And, yeah. and not only that, when the fact of the matter is, the truth of the matter is that is that we were here before many of them because a, a mm-hmm. lot of because early on the uh uh. Black people actually outnumbered white people, or, or the Europeans that were here. It wasn't that many Europeans that were here. It was through the Naturalization um, Act, I think, of, of 1790, 1790, and immigration that they they you know they opened the borders and, and let all these different European groups come in, like the, like the Irish, like the like the Italians, and that helped bolster their numbers. But you know, but but so a lot of them, a lot of them didn't 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 come till this till the the wealth and status of America was was already established through the through that free African labor that 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 yeah. built the wealth of this of this country. You see what I'm saying? And 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 even like a, a comment you just made, and what a lot of people might don't know, even like when it talks about you know, all um, men are created equal, justice and liberty for all stuff like that. You know, uh, for a time, white men were disenfranchised, and that's what I'm saying. This, that this whole idea of race is 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 a psychological ploy and a con job because they were they were just just as disenfranchised as, as we were, even though they were white. White men as a group didn't get the didn't get the right the, the, their full citizen citizenship rights till the early 1800s. I think it was 1812. You see what I'm saying? And, and, but they, but this goes back. They buy into the into the idea of all these things that they benefit from, and that and, the, and, and that they enjoy 
as a part of their of their racial identity because the 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 three pillars of the founding of America have always been classism, sexism, racism, always, and 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 those three three realities all inter- intersect at at different points, um, uh, influence the American social political order, and they and, and they always have. If you weren't a wealthy white land landowner. It, your whiteness didn't mean a damn thing. You still couldn't vote. You see what I'm yeah. saying? You were you you know, and 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 that and and that goes back to what W. E. B. What W. E. B. Du Bois, you know, quantified very well when he called it that the psychological wage of whiteness. You you see, and 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 that's how come many times the 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 most vehement um, white supremacists supremacists and racists are poor whites. They're, they're 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 typically uneducated. Uh, they're typically that is why because the only thing that they have going for them is this idea of of whiteness. Um, and now the other guy we've been talking about today, um, Jared Taylor. He had he has the organization too, but I, I, the name of it eludes me right now. I'll look it up in a second. But um, and and he's the one who who likes to push a lot of the ideas about like social Darwinism, for example, and 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 that is the idea that no matter no matter what you do to help certain groups of people, that they will always be situated to the bottom, just because they are um, naturally inherently um, in, inferior. Do we have we have um, we have a clip of him too, right? Yes, we do. And the name of his online publication is American Renaissance. Yeah, American Renaissance. And, see, and notice, n- notice that because we know what Renaissance means. Renaissance means mm-hmm. rebirth. And so, they, and so they, they're wholly focused on going back to a time where whiteness was, um, was, was the standard um, economically, socially, politically, culturally. And so that is the entire vein of um of of their movement and of their philosophies and it and it's something that that we have to challenge as black people because again it serves a threat because you know even you know within the past few months i say within the past 36 months there have been several high profile cases of these extrajudicious um police shootings of of unarmed black people uh, particularly black men and there was actually a memo that came out i think that was back in 2006 2007 the fbi released a memo and stated how that law enforcement all over the country was being infiltrated by white supremacists and white nationalist organizations so here it is you have you have these groups with with these ideologies about whiteness and these extreme leanings that when it, as it pertains to race get gain, joining police departments and different law enforcement apparatuses for the express purpose of harming black people so for instance when we look at the the disproportionate incarceration rates of 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 black men why shouldn't we assume that that is that that is due to some type of racial bias and racial agenda why when we look at um you know the instances of police shootings, racial profiling, all these all these different things that that operate through the systems of 
of um, American life that disproportionately target black people in adverse and negative ways, why shouldn't we um, automatically automatically equate that to some type of racial animus and racial hatred coming from the dominant group when that has been your history? When that that has that has been your history, you know, because even like Donald Trump this week, he he was um, touting, you know. Uh, p- pounding his chest, beating his chest, talking about black unemployment is the lowest that it's ever been. And my response to that is, so the fuck what? Because when, all, all, all you're really saying is that is that now more black people are um, are serving as servants than ever before. That's all you're really saying. Because employment does not equate to empowerment. Employment does not equate to empowerment, especially when we know that that the way, the wages for workers have stagnated and and, and, and uh, haven't kept up to the to the rise of um, inflation or the rate of inflation. You want to impress me? Let's look at the black entrepreneurship rates. Let's look at that, uh, or black home ownership rates or land ownership rates. Things you know, real quanti- quantifiable things, and not only that. Many times when they talk about the employment rate, we're really talking about bogus statistics because one thing that can make um, employment rates fluctuate and, and appear lower than what they really are is when the number of people within a particular demographic have stopped looking for work. And, for, and, and, and that is a result of long-term unemployment. And that's something that we know that is, that is having a profound impact on inner cities all across the country, places like Chicago. Um, Detroit, you see what I'm saying, and, 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 yeah. and so that and see that's what they do. That that is that that PR thing, that that propaganda that they'll push for the for the international audience, the international stage. So so America can posture itself as a post-racial um, post-racial country. But yeah, if you have that clip of of Jared Taylor, you can go ahead and cue that up and let's listen. To, let's see what this clown got to say. <laughs> Law, Mr. Taylor, you can't do that. I think the law is absolutely incorrect. Do you feel that whites are superior? Are more I think, intelligent uh, than I think on average, whites are more intelligent than blacks, and North Asians are more intelligent than whites. How can you think otherwise? Do you have to think that uh, a Pony is, on average, is just as intelligent as a Dane? Why would you think that? The entire record of history is completely consistent with the assumption that black Africans are less intelligent on average than Asians or Caucasians. That's, that's, that's absurd. That's no, 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 repugnant no, no. and Wait, absurd. Is that, is that, is that the clip right there? Uh, now you notice what he just said. He said the com- he said the complete um, record of history is 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 consistent when we talk about um, the inferiority of blacks to whites, and and I would agree with that. And the reason why is you have white people have constructed the record of history. So yeah, right. i.e. you 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 make this outlandish claim that you were the Egyptians. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Of, of course. The, the, yeah. Of course, the record will say you're superior when you when you concocted the record, sir. Right. So what are you so 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 what are you really talking about? Let's look at it from let's look at it from this standpoint. Let's look at all the obstacles that black people have had have had to face within the wake of your ideology, which is which is white supremacy, and let's look at what they've accomplished and in, in, in the things that they've gone on to do. 
let, let, let's look at that. Let's use that as the litmus. Because when we talk about in, in, in intelligence within the modern context, what are we talking about? We're, we're, we're talking about systems and ideas that were constructed by white people, by white men. As if you didn't, as if you didn't have pre-existing ideas about wisdom and mental capacity that predated, predated what you're pushing. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. For the for the last hundred years, you've been you've been the the, the standard bearer, bearer when it comes to these things. Fine, of course, the 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 the, the um, historical record that you constructed will situate you at the top. That's I mean, right? But that doesn't mean it's valid. That doesn't mean the historical record is valid. And that's something that we can see every day. Because if any other group of people had been through and faced the obstacles that, that we've had to face um, every day of our lives for the past four, past four and continue to face even today, they would not be where we are as a people. Let's keep it a buck fifty. They've done everything they could through covert and overt means to stifle us, to destroy us, to misuse us, to abuse us. And yet here we are still here. And that is the problem that they have. That is the problem. The, uh, they, are, they are upside down in their birth rates in their, and in their mortality rates. They're, they're, they're dying off. And that, is, and that is part of the problem. This is how come there's this um, fever pitch amongst, amongst individuals who think like him when it comes to the reality of their recessive genetics. And that's not me being some black extremist. That is just a, that is a scientific fact. Science right. is, it, that is a scientific fact. It's not it's not scientific propaganda. It is a fact that their that their genetics are recessive, and so because because of that, they can never out procreate us as a race. Never. Right. So they so they institute all these. Systematic mechanism mechanisms to stifle our population growth and our in our population rate, and it's still not working. Now, and with and with that being said, I would just like to caution Black people: don't read too much into this idea of their numbers declining. Don't read too much into this idea of 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 them no longer being the numerical majority in 2050, as if that is going to do anything to the paradigm we exist in known as white supremacy or asymmetrical white domination. It's not because their dominance and, and, and their supreme position has never been predicated upon numbers. It's never been predicated upon numbers because they've always been the global minority. So it's not even predicated right. upon that. You see what I'm saying? So even, so even though there, there, there's going to be a wane in power from the everyday lay white person's perspective, where they, where they're not, they're no longer going to see themselves as, a, as the standard bearers when it comes to politics, culture, um, religion, and et cetera, et cetera. They're still going to be pulling the, the, the puppet master pulling the strings. You see what I'm saying? Because that's the way the, the, the entire uh, stratification has, has been set up. Um, is, there, is, there, is there more left to that clip? Just a little bit. Yeah, let, let's play and see what he said. Okay. The possibility that on average a pygmy is as intelligent as a Japanese. The comparison that you are, are trying to make, mm -hmm. it is simply impossible because of historical circumstances, because economic conditions, because of the 
More excuses. We have law, Mr. Taylor. Okay. He said more excuses. <laughs> right, like like who 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 are you who are you supposed to be? Like you know, like even when these ideas were constructed, you weren't in the room. You know what I'm saying? So who are you to say what's an what's an excuse when it comes to intelligence and cerebral and cerebral capacity? Who who, who the hell are you? And, and and that goes back to that thing of of of, of white privilege. See, so they buy into this idea of white exceptionalism because that's something that they pushed heavy in the 1980s with with Ronald Reagan. This idea, this myth of American exceptionalism, and and really what they were talking about when they talk about American exceptionalism is white exceptionalism because for a long time in America, in America, and you know internationally. American and white were synonymous because they were the standard bearer. You see what I'm saying? So when they so when they they would say things, you know, make up the concoct these myths about white uh, American exceptionalism, they're really talking about white exceptionalism, which which is a myth. Uh, there would be no white middle class in this country if it had not been for the federal government creating creating programs and systems that that created the middle class. There, there would be right. no such thing. For, for, a lot, for a lot, you know, because as black people, we have this idea of, you know, all white people just enjoying all these benefits and being wealthy. Now, uh, you had a lot of white people, before, like during, before the 1940s, were broke as hell. And, 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 and uh, that's how come they were living in the cities. Uh, public housing... Public housing was initially created for white people. That's what the projects right. were. They were for white people. You see what I'm saying? There, mm-hmm. there was a there was a very stark um, uh, difference in place between 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 the classes. There was no middle class, and that's what we and, and and when you look at the economic trends for today and within America, that's where we're heading. You have a you have it now where the, 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 middle, the middle class as a class is shrinking and disappearing. And eventually what you're going to see is a two-class system where you're, you're going to have the haves and the have-nots. And, it's, yeah. and, and, and for the most part, it's not even going to be a racialized thing. But here's the difference. Black people, for the most part, we used to not having nothing. You know what I'm saying? It's nothing to us. I mean, it's just business as usual. We'll find a way to way to survive. We've been surviving on the bottom for four hundred and something odd years. But when you but when you've enjoyed this this mythical reality of of middle classism that that you were conditioned to believe was built upon your own merit, and when right. these systems that that were put in place by the federal government are rolled back and, and fall and collapse, and so now you have nothing to help help. You create that reality. Now, what are you going to do? This is what a lot right. of them, this is what a lot of them are faced with, and this is how come you have an op- uh, uh, opioid epidemic going on in, in, in white America right now. Mm-hmm. See, so so so, so the, the jig is up. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? When it when, when when it comes to white supremacy, from that standpoint, from that aspect of it, the jig is up. The jig is up. Um, what what what's some um other things you've noticed about these white nationalists? And you know what, I, like, cause I you know it's something that I've I've always followed. Like 
Richard Spencer, um, Jerry Taylor, a lot of these white militia groups, white militiaism, um, the Southern Poverty, you know, Poverty Law Center. You know, a lot of uh, many black people, you know, we're familiar with, with um, you know, the KKK, uh, neo-Nazis, these extreme groups. But I, I, I think we're much more um, oblivious to um, the more subliminal and sublime white nationalists and, and, and white extremists. And, it, and it's only because of the political action of individuals like Richard Spencer that this, this, this alt-right movement has gotten the attention of a, of, of, of a lot of black people. Because I'm not even sure if, if, we, like, if we were just talking you know, with, with the everyday black person, if they would even know who Richard Spencer is or if they would even know who, 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 um, who Jerry Taylor is or, or like all these different foundations like the Heritage Foundation, for example. The Heritage, the Heritage Foundation is a conservative publication with white nationalist leanings. That's what it is. And you'll even have it now where uh, I've seen, you know, individuals, black individuals will take and, po- and use um, articles and posts and things like that from the Heritage Foundation to support their arguments like when we start talking about welfare. You see what I'm saying? That is, and that's how come, and, and I tell them that what you're doing, all you're doing is, is spewing white, uh, white propaganda, white supremacist propaganda. Uh-huh. You know, when we, when we talk about the, uh, the black welfare queen myth, that is a myth that was created by Republican strategists during the Reagan revolution. You know, all these different, you know, people like Lee Atwater, you know, who, who, um, who used um, the, stu- the Southern strategy to, to, to um, help Republican dominance in, in presidential politics. You see what I'm saying? So, so, and I'll be like, how how are you gonna use that? You don't even, and that just goes to show that, that we don't understand the his, the history of the political history of 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 these um, ideas and ideologies that 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 we that we tend to want to espouse because that's something I've I, I've maintained too when we talk about what conservatism is because they they've managed to make. Um, black progress, uh, uh, you know, they cast it as a li- as a liberal, uh, a part of the liberal platform, or the liberal agenda. But who created the idea of what liberal is when we, within the American political um, context? Who created that? And it go and 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 that's the same same thing too. Like even conservatives, because that's something I've said. If the foundation of America and American life has been the oppression and degradation of the Negro. What exactly are you are you trying to conserve other than that? Because everything that that exists was predicated upon that reality and making that the reality and helping that and helping maintain that reality. So what are you trying to conserve other than that? If you if we talk about conservative economics, we're talking about the same thing. You see what I'm saying? Because that is that still won't be the reality. If we talk about um, Conservative social policies is still the same thing. Uh, uh, it's still going to. It's still you're still talking about conserving the status quo of black oppression and degradation because that has always been the reality. But yeah, you can go ahead and um and, and, and play that clip of uh um what's that? What's the other? We have we have a couple other clips, don't we? Yep. 
we have a clip of the Southern strategy, and we have a clip about the psycho- the psychological wage of whiteness. And we have two okay. more clips of Jerry. Um, so. Oh, we okay. Well, yeah, let's play those clips of Jerry Taylor. Okay. Until 1965, the United States had an immigration policy that was specifically designed to keep the country majority white, and it had a population that was about 90% white. At that time, they had the quotas, right, of national origin. Yes, yes, that's right, to maintain a European population. Mm-hmm. And at that time, the Hart Seller Act, as it was called, was sold as something that was not going to change the ethnic balance. And if at that time you had told the American Congress, if you pass this law, In just 70 years, whites, you who are 90% of the population, are going to become a minority. I can promise you they would never have passed that law. This was something that was foisted onto American Congress as a kind of window dressing. The American people would never have voted to become a minority. And now those who say that that was a mistake are told that they are racist, they're white supremacists, despite the fact that virtually every non-white country on earth takes for granted that its population will remain as it is and not be dispossessed, not be reduced to a minority through immigration or any other means. Now, now notice, you notice what he said, right? What? When he when he when he talked about all these other non European countries just take for granted that that they will maintain um the pop the, the, the population majority irrespective or irregardless of their immigration policy and the reason why is you have it's not it's not our fault your genetic your genetics are recessive. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? See that's why. That's how come these other non-European, non-white countries can take that for granted. You see what I'm saying? The, the problem is, is, is that genetically speaking, you are in survival mode. That is, that is the problem. And so, for all your intelligence, all this, all this science, all, all this technology that that you can use to create, that you can create to use to 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 oppress and 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 dominate people. How come you just don't deal? How come you just don't create something to fix your your recessive genetics, sir? <laughs> that seems. I mean, that's that. Wouldn't that be nipping a problem in the bud? Because if you did that, then you wouldn't need the, to be a, to be oppressive and, and to and to dominate these other these other groups. It, it is it is it is not the fault of of the melanated population that your genetics are recessive. That is not our fault. You see what I'm right. saying? So, so, in, and that's and that's why, like, if you let them, if you let them talk enough, they'll say what the real issue is, and and that's mm-hmm. the, and that's the issue that's really facing them, because, like I said, they have a negative birth rate. They have a negative right. birth rate, and here it is. You got you got Bonquisha around the corner. She got four. She got four different kids from four different days. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it ain't nothing. And here it is. You've been married forty years, and you ain't got one child. You know what I'm saying? It's not it's not our fault that your genetics are recessive. Period. And 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 so because of that, why we got a why we got a better burden of your genetics, your, your recessive genetics. And he and he was talking about how the immigration policy was set up to keep America majority white European European pop, European population, but you you didn't have it set up to where your armies were majority white. You you didn't have no problem trying to get trying to get Muhammad Ali to go off and fight your your ill advised uh, ill gotten war, and that's something they they've always done. And 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 they 
the drafting process for Vietnam was wholly racialized and targeted black men coming straight out of high school. And, and, and that's something that we ignore. That is what helped to create the vacuum of black men within the black community. Because even if they, and then many times when, when those black men were sent over to Vietnam, they were put on the front lines of the fiercest battles too. That's something we don't talk right. about. And even if, even if they were lucky enough to survive, many of them came back, came back to a public relations debacle because the war was highly unpopular. They came back with, um, with, with diseases and they came back, Cooked on um, heroin, yeah. trying trying to deal with the with the stresses of, of war. You see what I'm saying? And, and they and for the most part, they left Vietnam veterans on an island, and they did it even more so with black men. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you, so why should you? Why should the why should the, the federal government have a policy that 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 solely benefits you or disproportionately benefits you when all when 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 black people are making all these contributions to make the American life possible? What the hell are you talking about? Right. As if somehow and that goes back and, and he's he's one of the same ones who will talk about no such thing as white privilege. What your what what you just mentioned is a form of white privilege. So what are you talking about? Yeah, what would you would you say we got one more clip of this clown? Yeah, it's really quick. Okay. This is him trying to this is him trying to explain why white people not being able to say nigger is um racism against white people. <laughs> the yield that society spends far too much time talking about white bias against blacks and not black bias against whites. Well, let's take, for example, this case of Mr. Richards. In effect, black people have told white people, here is a word you may not use. We can use it if we like, but you better not use it. And how have whites responded? They've said, yes, sir, we will not use this word. And now whites are the ones who are very careful about what they say. They can't risk offending blacks. They can't use a two-syllable word for fear of losing their jobs. What does this tell us? Despite the fact that blacks can use words like cracker and honky, I won't be thrown off the set if I use those words. They can use words like that with impunity. What does that say really about the racial power relationship in the United States today? Whites are, whites are the ones who are in effect intimidated and are walking on eggs for fear of possibly offending blacks. And I think the idea that racism explains the failures of non-whites is are hugely overdone. The you- That's that. All right, well, he, 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 said, he, said, he said a mouthful there, but, I mean, you can't talk about the historical reality of the dominance that you've enjoyed when it comes to race. And then want to, and now you want, to, you want to talk about it as if, there, as if there's some equivalence there, sir. That is a false equivalency because he mentioned how that if he would, he would get thrown off the set if he mentioned nigger. But black people can say cracker, honky, and all these different different epithets of world white people, and it's just you know it's just glossed over. The reason why is because you're you're using the word nigger has been backed up by the dom- by, by your racial dominance that you applaud and that and, and that you promote and that you take honor and honor in as your culture. Yeah. That's why there is no yeah. no um. No, no history, no violent history behind black people using the word cracker or honky. Right. That it, 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 it's, it's, it's simply, it doesn't exist. 
those words within, within the context of this, of the argument that he's making are nothing more than adjectives, words that used to describe a certain individual. There is no uh, violence behind those words. Whether we're talking about systemic violence, um, interpersonal violence, um, uh, uh, social violence, economic violence, sexual violence, or what the hell are you talking about? See, and, and, and that is the thing. You want to applaud all this dominance that, that, that you've been able to exert over, over these people and now then turn around and want, to, and want to draw some type of false equivalency because white, black people are using words like cracker and honky. Are you serious? I mean, the, the argument that, he, that, that he, he's making, essentially what he's doing is he's whining because he can't use the word nigger. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He can't use the word nigger and it and it be socially accepted because let's be very clear about one thing: white people are saying nigger just as much as they as they've ever said it. They just can't say it publicly. Right. You see what I'm saying? We've had several incidences of of tapes coming out of of white people saying the word nigger. Hulk Hogan, mm-hmm. for example, had a, went on a a a, a, a nigger lace tirade. When he, when he found out his daughter was dating a black dude. You know what I'm saying? So it's something that you say amongst um, common company and friendly company is something that you say. You're just angry that you can't say it socially because it's not socially accept, acceptable anymore. The society does not belong to just white people. And, that, and, 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 and that's something they're just going to have to, you know, take, take, take it on the chin for. Sorry, not sorry. But, um... Because we 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 down to the last twelve minutes of the uh, twelve minutes of the show, um, we have a couple of more clips that we wanted to get to, right? Yeah. Um, this okay. is uh, Lee yes. Atwater. This is Lee Atwater, okay. and um, he's talking about how Republicans can win the votes of racists without themselves sounding racist. Just to show you how this is just. Right more psychological war- warfare and codified language. Right. Okay, okay let's, let's play that. Here's how I would approach that issue as a, as a, as a statistician or a political scientist, or no, as a psychologist, which I'm not, is, is how abstract you, you handle the race model. In other words, you start out and, and now y'all are quoting me. You start out in 1954 by saying nigger, nigger, nigger. By 1968, you can't say nigger. That hurts your backfire. So you say stuff like uh, forced busing, states' rights, and all that stuff. And you're getting so abstract now. You're talking about cutting taxes and all of these things. You're talking about are totally economic things and a byproduct of them. They black get hurt worse than white. And subconsciously, maybe that is part of it. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that if it is getting that abstract and that coded, uh, that, that, we, that we're doing away with the racial problem one way or the other. Uh, you follow me? Because obviously sitting around saying uh, we want to cut taxes, we want to cut this, and we want is much more abstract than, than even the busing thing. Uh, and a hell of a lot more abstract than never knew, you know. So I, any way you look at it, race is coming on the back. Right, and, and see that, and and that, and that's the conversation. That's why I was. That's why I made that post about Donald Trump. They know what whatever adverse action they take that 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 affects um, 
society adversely, it's going to always disrepor- disproportionately affect uh, adversely affect black people than white people. That's what that's what Lee Atwater just said out of his own mouth. So they'll say right. things like we're 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 cutting taxes, and they know good and well that that's going to disproportionately affect adversely black people because when you because when you cut taxes, you're going to have to you're going to have to cut something to make up for that loss in revenue. You see what I'm saying? Right. And in the in the conversation that I was having with the gentleman, he's sitting there trying to plead the case of these of these white individuals who are fooled and duped by people like Lee Atwater because of their races. Why should I sympathize with them? Because if if they weren't so wholly bent on being racist, they would be able to see the game for what it is. And that's something that Republicans have done very well. They've been they've been able to get to get white people for the most part to vote against their own economic interests and the reason why is because they're looking. They they want. They're they're more interested in harming black people economically, so they'll cut their they'll they'll cut their nose off to spite their face. So no, I don't have sympathy for for, for white individuals like that. They deserve whatever they get from these uh, these charlatans and politicians. Um. Okay, we have we have one more clip. I believe this clip is of Tim Wise, right? Yep. He's a, he's yep. going into exactly what you just said. That was a great segue. Here okay. we go. All right. When we look around and we see today in our politics a rich white man telling working class white people that their problem is brown people, we need to understand the historical pedigree of that. That is symbolic of the entire history of race and class politics in America, the history of rich white people telling working class and poor white people that their problem are black and brown people. So beginning in the 1600s, that is what happens. Prior to about 1670 or so, there was no such thing as the white race, at least not recognized as such, called as such. That is not what people of European descent were when they were in Europe. They were English, they were Irish, they were Scottish, they were whatever they were. They were not white. Only in the colonies do we become white, and for a very specific reason, because in those early years of the colonial period, where you had white indentured servants, one level above enslaved themselves, and you had African-descended folks, some of them enslaved for life, others indentured servants also in the earliest years of the colony. Those people would often see their interests as being common. They all realized that they were being screwed over by the same landowners, the same elite. They fomented various rebellions, like Bacon's Rebellion in Virginia, others as well. And as a result, the colonies realized that they had to figure out a way to get the other folks from Europe on their team. So they created this mentality that said, you're now a member of the white race. You're on our team. You're, you're wearing our uniform. Now you're at the end of the bench. You may not get in the game, but you're on our team, you see. So then they start putting white folks now called on the slave patrols, right? didn't really give them any land or any real power except the power to control people of color, which is why folks of color say, and they are right, that modern policing traces to the system of slave patrols and slavery. We have to be clear on that because that's the history, right? So whiteness was created to divide and conquer, to create the notion that even though you might not have much, at least you're not black, at least you're not indigenous, at least you're not Mexican, at least you're not Chinese working on the railroads to build the transcontinental economy. You may not have much, but at least you have, as W.E.B. Du Bois said, the psychological wage of whiteness. Mm. And it's a trick that was played yep. during the Civil War era on my people in the South, right? Rich folk, landowners in the South telling poor white folks who didn't own anything that they got to go out and fight to preserve the rich man's property in human beings. Fascinating. Why would you do that? Why would I go fight for your property? 
Well, because you told me that if I don't, these slaves are going to take my job. No, fool, they got your job. That's the point. If you got to charge a dollar a day and you can make them work for free because you own them, guess who got the gig, Jack, not you? So, in fact, the system of enslavement was in the long run against the class interest of working class white folks, but they got suckered. Same thing happened in the union movement. You had white labor union folks who didn't want black and brown bodies in their union because it would reduce the professionalism of the craft. No, fool, it'll double the size of your union. And then when you go out on strike, then when you go out on strike, they can't replace your happy ass with the brown folk that you didn't want next to you in the first place. Because when they do replace you, you will blame them, not the elite. See how that works? It's a trick. And it has worked for hundreds of years. It is working on some folk right now. And it is our job to resist that with every fiber of our being. Um, when... Yep, there you go. Yep, that's, that's, that's basically it, it, it in a nutshell. And that's why I said, you know, that these things, um, you know, intersect um, classism, sexism, racism. And, and that's essentially what it is. And that's why, you know, racism was constructed for the sole purpose of facilitating capitalism. They go, they go hand in hand. It's all about, um, about a small localized group exploiting the, the um, larger population economically, politically, socially, only to enrich only for the enrichment of that small localized group. That is the entire um bedrock of what we know as race relations with within within America. Um we're down to the last four um four minutes of the show. I, I want to take this time right now to announce that we, we got we finally got the video, our black woman upliftment video done. It's um it's uploaded, it's circulating on um on Facebook. We're hoping that, you know, that it go it, that it goes viral because it's something that, that sisters need right now. With with it, within this climate of solemnarism it has become extremely popular to be anti black woman and that's something that 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 we're looking to to challenge um fundamentally. So it, it's up on our YouTube page at, at the Great Liberators. It's a it's about a three three and a half minute video um check it out please like you know like and subscribe um can you do you have any any other thoughts to to um add to the topic before we get out of here and i and a matter of fact I, you can go ahead and close the shot after you do that um just to say that you know they see that their numbers are dwindling they are preparing mm-hmm. to do what they know how to do which is get armed and you know, attack anybody who doesn't look like them. So we can't be under any right. delusions about a post-racial America. Right. Um, that, that's absolutely correct. Yep. And so I just wanted to give out um, our FB Facebook page is The Great Liberators Radio Show. Our YouTube is The Great Liberators. Our Twitter is Great Liberators, at Great Liberators. <laughs> And Blog Talk is the Great Liberator. And then, um, you know, of course we welcome feedback, questions, and comments, and show ideas, and and all of that across all the platforms. Or if you want to be a guest on the show, um, you can email us at greatliberators at gmail.com. And that's it. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, as always, it's been been a pleasure. and we'll we'll do it again next week. Yep. 
Thank you for tuning in. All right. All right. Yep. Goodbye out there. <laughs> Goodbye.